I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Oh, and what's that sound in the background? Is that some jingle bells I can hear? Of course it is, because it's the Christmas special. And I'm not going to be here alone. You're not alone at Christmas. Christmas is a time for friends, family and loved ones. And the person who I share this podcast with falls under all of those categories. Of course he does. We've been through many film moments Big old deep discussions, but now is the time to sit back, reflect, enjoy the festive period together and have a good old chit-chat about film. Of course it's always about film, but rain, ringing Christmas together, Callum, Merry Christmas, here you are, it is Christmas, it's the Christmas special, are you feeling full of joy because of it? Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. I knew you wouldn't let us down. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm actually yeah, feeling relatively festive. Um yeah. You said in the last episode that you were very much looking forward to Christmas this year. You're still feeling that buzz now that we are diving into. Well, you know I am actually. Yeah, I was going to say I was I was I had I had a, had a couple of beers last the last time. That's probably why I was looking forward to it. No, I'm joking. Um no, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Christmas this year. Like the thing is, though, the thing that I'm most looking forward to about it is um, the annual Marble Arch do. Genuinely, yes, that's, and that's, this yeah. is something that maybe we've even discussed in the past. But this is a, a you and I and wider associates Christmas tradition now. Going to what I will hands down say is my favourite pub in the whole wide world, the Marble Arch in Manchester. Wow, what a boozer, what a place for joy, memories and beer. And just bedding in for the day, really, isn't it? They're in our woolly jumpers, and not because it's Christmas, but because there's a lot of historians there having a good old Christmas catch-up. And I blooming love it. One of the absolute highlights of the period. Can't it wait. Is, it is It is fantastic. I mean, it's usually, what, eight or nine blokes and Haley. And that's it. That's um, usually the makeup of the yeah, scenario. In, yeah, that's our structure. In, in the past, I think we've had like maybe one or two girlfriends in tow, maybe. But ultimately, it's it's mainly just you know m- men in knitwear, various various forms of knitwear, drinking real ale. Fair few beards about. as well. We get along, don't we? A good beard a selection. Beard. Yeah, a lot of beards. It's always it's always like post Christmas. It's that bit in just in between Christmas and New Year as well, when everyone's wearing their crimbo new- limbo. Yeah, everyone's wearing their new jeans or their new or their new shirts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a Christmas present, as you said to me everyone's last year. The new aftershave as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was, I was wearing a shirt, wasn't I? And you were like, "That's a Christmas shirt." And I was like, "Yeah, it was." Yeah, you can just tell, can't you? You can tell, and well, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful sight. Well, I wore it on my my waist just to sort of make, add a bit of edge to Christmas. As yeah, it yeah, were. yeah. And if um, anyone can do that, it's you, Callum. Thank you very much. Um... But yeah, no, I've broken up as well. I'm off. Absolutely. I'm off. We like to keep track on the podcast of your academic movements, mm. whether you are on or off on the teaching front, and also what you've been up to. And now we're in a we're in an off period. How does that feel? Brilliant. I've, I'm, I've been actually watching quite a lot of uh, Christmas films lately, actually. 
Um, I watched. The best I watched Die Hard. I watched Die Hard Two. Um, I watched a Christmas movie um, called Your Christmas or Mine. Um, Top me in. Is Asa Butterfield? You know, he's from the landed gentry. He meets someone who clearly is from Macclesfield. Are they going to hit it off? Are they Are they going to make their two oppo- uh, apparently two opposing worlds work? Who knows? Evidently they do. Um, spoiler alert. Otherwise, yeah, it was okay. I won't be in a rush. I think to maybe you'll have again. to do a side episode on your own reviewing that. <laughs> well, I watched. Um, I also watched Casino as well, which definitely is not a Christmas movie, but it's been on my list for a while. It's a Scorsese, De Niro classic. Meaning to watch that. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just it's the time to to bed in and watch some good films, watch some good movies. I think. Um, I agree. I um I didn't finish it the other night. I've saved the the other half for it. Um, for one of the upcoming days, but uh, Shutter Island. Oh yeah, yeah, we've reviewed uh, that. Yeah. yeah, great. We did review it, didn't we? Maybe a couple of years back, was it now? Uh, but yeah, great. What what a great thriller that is. It's um a, re- a great cast, but the visuals of that as they're just approaching that island. Oh. What a film. What a film. So I've actually got a Christmas list together of films that I want to watch. Not just Christmas-based or themed, but films that I either want to re-watch over Christmas or watch for the first time. Mm. So I've got a few on there I want to dive into. I've got Casablanca on there. Nice. Obviously, we'll be watching It's a Wonderful Life at some point. Whether that takes place in a cinema or not, I'm yet to figure that out. But I would like it to. Um, and there's a few other old classics I've put on there that I'd like to give a watch again. I might actually go to the Prince Charles Theatre before I go back up north. I'm not going back up north until um, Saturday. Um, and, Where's that? Uh, it's in Leicester, uh, next, next door to Leicester Square Theatre. Um, okay. It's yeah, it's a bit of a. It looks awesome, but they do like loads of reruns of old movies in like 35 millimeter. But I noticed that they're they're playing that, so I might. I might go check that out. And sorry, cousin, I know I've got a membership with you, but you need to switch on and start showing some Christmas movies. Um, I yeah, would ha- switch yeah. on, switch on. And just to confirm, we are not as yet endorsed by any cinemas. Callum has done this yes, of his own yeah. volition. It's true. Yes, absolutely. Good. Good to get that in there. Yes. <laughs> but you'll be seeing him in cousins around London over the coming months. Yes. But just a bit more on Christmas, can you know? It's yeah. there. Like we love our meet up reunion with friends in the pub on the 29th of the Marble Arch. Fantastic. We've put that date out there now, so if any, any fans want to come along, any listeners, that's where we'll be. <laughs> but uh, what what does Christmas mean to you then? You obviously, you've got your Christmas film experience there, but what is, what is Christmas for you? Christmas is um, a time to reflect and be at one with yourself. And yeah, I lovely. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything off the cuff. Wow, how profound! How maybe, profound maybe, maybe Christmas is just that. Maybe it's just silence. It's just a, mo- yeah. a moment where it's definitely not silent oh. at all. It's just it's it's the loudest month of the bloody year. It's either um, silent or screaming into a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> It, like, it flits between the two, but that's the beautifulness of it. <laughs> it's either silence or screaming into a pillow. Well, I, I, this is but, a, gl- a glorious Christmas special, isn't it? Yeah, 
<laughs> absolutely. But what I, what I was going to say is that absolutely what we're saying about the pub, like the pub is Christmas for me. And not just because of what it is. And I mentioned this on the last episode that the the pub in the holidays, absolutely what defines Christmas for me is that warmth of the traditional English pub, people coming together. Yes, there are a few fair weather drinkers coming out for the day, but it brings all sorts of people together. And that warmth for the lighting, the warmth for the wood and the brick on the walls and, and the nice ales and the lovely music and people having a nice time and a bit of dancing later on in the night. Like That screams out Christmas to me. But I also think, and I don't want to take it in a totally sadder direction but it wouldn't be the glass a film club podcast if we didn't have a bit of introspection but i think there's there's an almost melancholic feel to christmas as well and i think the the song the fairy tale in new york absolutely captures both the joy and melancholy of christmas because christmas is really joyous and there's so much warmth and companionship in it but as you say it's a time to reflect and it's the one time of the year where everybody is not doing something at the same time and therefore has to just reflect on their own lives and even if you have a really joyous life that can be quite melancholic and I think melancholy is the right word because it's and it's different for different people, of course, but I'm not saying it's out and out sad, but there's a certain just reflection on time and things like that, which is a nice feeling, but there's also a somberness to it. So I think this Christmas, don't be afraid to feel a little bit melancholic because it's a nice emotion to go through because it then facilitates the joy that comes. Sorry for the digression there. I just, I just wanted to get my full view of Christmas out. That's lovely. Absolutely lovely. And God bless, <laughs> God bless Shane McGowan as well. Um, yes, yeah. I will raise my glass to him right now and say, uh, here's to Shane McGowan and my favourite Christmas song, Fairy Tale of New York. But Callum, we've, we have got a film to review. We are going to review a film here. Maybe not review. Maybe it is Christmas. We don't really want to be spanking a film around the room, do we really? <laughs> Excuse <Getting> me? Stuck <laughs> into it. <laughs> we, want to, we, we want to share... The joy. But we want to give the classic Glass A Film Club wry sidewards look on the film that we <laughs> dive, dive into. And with a previous Christmas special a few years ago, It's a Wonderful Life, that is out and out my favourite Christmas film. Watched it for the first time, maybe only about six years ago, in a cinema, three o'clock in the afternoon. There were plenty of individuals in there quite a bit older than me but it just added to the joy because there was a standing ovation at the end well not everyone understood but there was a there was an ovation they got a round of applause and that was christmas joy walking out of the cinema at like half past five early evening you've watched it's the wonderful life it's blown your tiny little mind there's been a round of applause in there that's warmth so i just wanted to throw out before we get into this film that that is my favorite film for Christmas and is in my top five of all time adore it's a wonderful life but you know we're not, we're not going to repeat ourselves Callum. we never repeat ourselves surely um but there are different genres and not all Christmas films were made equally but for good reason and we'll get into that very soon when we dive into it I just wanted to pass on to you Callum, before we go into this film any honorable mentions for other Christmas films that you're not touched upon yet and just um, your meditation on It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I mean, it's not exclusively a Christmas movie, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy also always makes an appearance every year, mm-hmm. just because it's a tradition. Will it be doing this year? Oh, I. Oh, God, yeah. That, 
be watching it with my brother, um, which would be nice. Um, but sometimes Die Hard. I mean, it 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 is it is a classic. I remember watching it as a kid with my grandma and granddad, and it's more of a it's it's nostalgia. But it's also, again, quite melancholic as well, because obviously Alan Rickman is no longer with us. Um, a phenomenal a phenomenal actor. Um, you know, my grandparents are no longer with us. God bless their souls. But like, it's um, it's one of those movies that I remember fondly as a kid watching, because it was only an 18, and I watched it when I was 12. Um, there's some responsible parenting there. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it's, you know, Christmas is... Um, it's one of those things that you do with with people that you that you feel connected to, don't you? And and film is a part of that. Um, so I yeah, absolutely your point about melancholy and um, I'm gonna lump that in. I'm gonna lump nostalgia in with with, yes. with Christmas as yep. well. It's um, good. I think it's important that you know you have those moments in life where it's like this forced introspection, almost this forced reflection on life, because you know it's so busy. And it, and it can it can quickly sort of pass you by. It's not quite nice to sort of have that that forced reflection. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I would just say to that, I totally agree on the nostalgia front. But film is that, isn't it? It allows us to share memories together. You see, like watching Lord of the Rings of your brother, it gives us those memorable moments. And obviously, Christmas films being a whole genre in themselves, and it is that connection. It hits everything that Christmas is about. Film. And this is why it's a great part of the year for film watching. And as we have been watching a film, let's dive into the film that we have <laughs> rewatched for this episode. We don't often do films that we have watched before on the podcast. We like to go in with a fresh take on things. But, hey, it's Christmas. We want to go over an old classic. I believe it's the 20-year anniversary of this film. Obviously, why we've done it, because we're on trend and things like that. But Callum, can you give us a little overview, please, of the film that we watched and we'll be chatting about? Well, apparently, love is all around. Um, that's what, at least that's what um, Hugh Grant says in this movie. Um, you know, Christmas is all around us. Come on, let it snow. Come on, let it snow. Show. I don't know. The listeners might have already guessed what this film is based on those two lacklustre, ill-quoted uh, parts of it that I just said. Uh, Love Actually, the 2003 Richard Curtis. Um, it's a very divisive film. Um, people hate it, and some people absolutely adore it. Um, I imagine a certain type of person likes this movie. In this, you know, I, I imagine Americans would love it, and a lot of armchair middle-aged mothers probably also love it. Um <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> just, uh, just you know, that 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 uh, description you can conjure up all sorts of things in your mind as to what that that mother might look like. I got it, I've got it in my mind. Um, I imagine it will come out later. Uh, but yeah, so it follows the plots of um, I don't know nine, I think <laughs> nine nine plots, nine groups of people yeah, like that, that are connected. Um, I didn't know this existed, but apparently there is actually a connection web. And it shows the relationship between all the characters in the movie, whether they're related through romance, friendship, professional relationships, family, and other, whatever that means. Um, but other yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it basically follows nine nine different stories that are sort of in, intimately and distantly connected, generally speaking. Um, 
and it's set in a lovely sort of uh, snow-drenched middle-class um, London. It's definitely set in West London. Um, and I, I guess it's, it's it's about love, I suppose, and the sort of the jeopardy of not declaring one's love at a time when you're supposed to. Um, you know, it's Christmas, therefore you should tell everyone exactly how you feel because you won't be able to do it until the following year. Um, you know, I'm being so sarcastic about this movie. I watch it every year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's got a stellar cast though. So Richard Curtis, I think it was his directed director debut actually. So he wrote it and directed it. Um, absolute stellar cast. I mean, you've got Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Kira Knightley, Martin McCutcheon, Bill Nye, Rowan Atkinson, um, Lucia Moniz. You know, it's like it. It is. It's it's the sort of the English Hollywood. It's the the sort of the 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 the, vel, yeah. the, vel, the velvet carpet of English acting aristocracy. It's the absolutely. It, yeah. It's you know it's 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 all it's all it's England's brightest and best. I should I say England's brightest and best. Liam Neeson is Irish. Um, it's Britain's sort of acting best, I suppose. Um. I mean, do I even need to tell people what it's really about? I mean, everyone's watched this movie. Like, I mean, it, it is it is a movie that's that's on every single person's uh, Christmas list. I mean, my favorite my favorite thing about it is that I suppose that you got these people that are intimately connected, and they're all trying to sort of like carve together a sort of a relationship of some sort. Um, I mean, you've got um, Billy Mac and Joe, who's like re-releasing his Christmas record. Um, you've got Juliet, Peter, and Mark, who are sort of caught in like a like love sort of triumvirate that um, only um, Mark is knows about, basically, or wants to pursue. I mean, he really fancies Juliet, Peter's wife. You've got Jamie and Aurelia, my favourite um, relationship. Um, uh, who Jamie's brother uh, cheats on his wife, and or his wife cheats on him with his brother, which is crippling to be honest. Uh, but then he goes to France to his holiday French cottage and falls madly in love with his Portuguese housekeeper, learns the language, and they live happily ever after. Um, I, you know, I, I do channel a bit of Jamie and myself actually. You know, that scene when he's coming down the elevator and he was learning Portuguese and he's like, oh, yeah. big fish. That was me when I was trying to learn German when I was trying to move to Salzburg well, that years ago I was like <laughs> I do recall yeah, yeah. yeah I do um, recall and there you've got uh, Harry, Karen and Mia um, who um, basically like Harry is uh, played by Alan, the late Alan Rickman he fancies his really young secretary basically and buys her a really fancy gold necklace and sort of like mentally cheats on his wife and there's that famous scene of, with Emma Thompson with them um, Listening to Joni Mitchell, um, who's you know looked at both love, looked at love from both sides. Now that's the most crippling moment yeah, of the film. Yeah, yeah, it, it is sad. It is sad. Um, I think that's the that, that's that's one of the the parts of the movie that really sort of like makes it sort of passable. I think is Emma that that scene. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is 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 good deep emotion that bit. It just and also annoys me how rubbish their bedroom is seems that they've got like a really nice house and their <laughs> bed just like looks like a sofa bed in a spare bedroom or maybe it's a metaphor for how empty their love is um, well this I is what we want this is what the listeners tune in for I don't, I'm, not, I'm not convinced Richard Curtis thought about it in that much detail then you've got David and Natalie um, David who I just is played by Hugh Grant I mean I just assume he's a conservative 
I mean, <laughs> I, just, I just, I just have to. Um, he falls in love with his, um, his maybe new labor his assistant. I mean, they're the same thing at this point, really. Oh, political. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how did we get there? How did we get there? <laughs> when when I asked you to doing this, it's like we just want a nice joyous Christmas episode. No, it will be we'll go through melancholy. It will be. It will be joyous. Um, but yeah, I mean, he sort of stands up to the U.S. president after Billy, played by Billy Bob Thornton, after he tries to hit <laughs> on his secretary. It's like, oh, you know, the special relationships become a bad relationship. It's just, it's just preposterous. Anyway, so we'll get onto that. And then there's Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol. Liam Neeson, his wife's just died. Um, you know, Sam falls madly in love with this other... He's a 12-year-old. He falls madly in love with this other 12-year-old. Um, then you've got Sarah, Carl, and Michael, who, you know, Michael's um, mentally ill brother of, of Sarah, who's also in love with Carl, who's the works at this sort of creative director company. Um, and you've got Colin, Tony, and the American Girls, which has been cited to me so many times, this this particular thing. Every time I've been to America, people have thought, oh, yeah, is it like that scene from Love Actually when he goes to Wisconsin? It's like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. Yes, I go to America and women throw themselves at me. That's exactly what it's like. Um, then there's John and Judy, who are basically the porn actresses um, who get married eventually. And there's Rufus. I didn't actually know he was called Rufus, to be fair, until recently. Um, he's played by Rowan Atkinson, who, you know, Plays the who does the sort of oh, this is so much more than a bag. Anyway, we probably have to go through all the side characters. No, well, uh, no, I've done it. That was that was that was I finished now. That was it. I finished. That that was it. Thank you. I didn't know what to say. Just, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Thank you for watching another <laughs> lovely in depth overview of, of the film in question. We of course will be chatting about Love Actually. Um, yeah, like it is, and what you touched upon at the start is that it is it divisive. Um, maybe it is. I think it, some people really don't like it. And I can see why, because it is cheese. But it's, you've got to embrace Christmas cheese. Of course you have. And I think this is one of the better structured bits of Christmas cheese. I think it's a great film. Christmas, I really Christmas like it. Cheese. <laughs> Christmas cheese is great. Get the board out and put all your Christmas cheese on there. This is one of the main ones that's on. This is maybe like a a brie you know everyone can get stuck into it. you got the odd person who goes oh i don't really like brie what do you mean you don't like brie it's rich it's creamy it's lovely but <laughs> <laughs> this is the brie of the christmas cheese board and i think it's great but i i can see like you said why why it doesn't get opinion but i i think if you dislike this film you're the type of person who's just not going to embrace the naff joy of Christmas. And I think Christmas has a lot of naff joy that you should embrace. I very much like it. And like with many Richard Curtis films, you've got to suspend reality for quite a bit of it. And you've got to accept that you're going to go into a bit of like a make-believe fairy tale romance of real-world love. But it makes you feel good. It The feel-good film exists because it makes you feel good. And this one, when I was re-watching it, a few days ago, and now we're in, I'm like, I always remembered it better than this. But it's when it starts to round off where it goes, it sets itself up. Because there are so many different narratives intertwining, I think the second half of it is a lot more enjoyable because that's when you're getting the payoff. It has to set itself up with just loads of people interacting. Oh, great, that person knows that person, that person knows that person, right, what's going to happen? And then they come together. And that is Joyce. And then the last 20, 30 minutes, I was like, 
the flutters in my heart and I've got a smile on my face and it's really bringing on Christmas and making me feel good. And I think that's all this film needs to be. It doesn't need to give us any more. And then those little intricacies of the plot. And I think we should go into a few just of the, like, the funny elements of it. Because it is funny. It's it's funny consciously with a lot of the writing. But it's just funny in how preposterous a lot of it is as well. And that's what we love about a film that suspends a bit of reality. And just a few mentions. I agree with you. Yes, um, Jamie and Aurelia, Colin Firth played... Um, Jamie, love that one. That really pulls on the heartstrings of as the as a romantic, the romantic part of the mind of going being a writer abroad, and then all of that, and they learn the language. Amazing. One thing I read recently that people said that does anyone actually know off the top of their head the characters' names in Love Actually, or do you just know all the actors? Yes. It's the actors, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, and Kira Knightley did this and stuff like that. Because it is such an ensemble cast. They they almost um, develop their own real-life persona via this film. And that's what's beautiful about it. And it's all great and joy and goodness and lovely. Callum... I want to throw to you. I'm not. I'm going to asking you the big questions here. I don't want to tell you what it tells you about life, love, and everything beyond <laughs> it. But what what moments of the film? What what speaks to you? What do you get out of this film? Do you get a chuckle? Do you get a laugh? Do you get a bit of joy? I mean, it's just nice to watch. It's very it's very comfortable watching, isn't it? In the sense that, like, it's just nice to watch. Um, you know, a load of really really privileged people prance around a really really lovely part of London. And I say that I, I say I don't mean that to sound sarcastically, even though it does. But it is just nice. It was though. It really was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it's, it was the use of the word prance, wasn't it? That's fair. It was supposed to be. It was a Christmas reference to a reindeer. That's, that's the angle I'm going. <laughs> Good. For. No, you can have it. Um, you can have it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's nice. It's nice to look at, isn't it? Um, yeah. I must admit, like I. I liked it a lot more when I was younger. Um, before I was more jaded. You know, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> this is, it's got to you, you've you've got to embrace. No, I, no. Okay, look, I'm gonna be serious for a second. Um, it is. I I liked it a lot when I was a lot younger. Actually, um, it was one of those movies that sort of like, um, to see that many actors all in one film was actually quite a big spectacle for me because my film knowledge of films when I was a lot younger was quite minimal for me, to me love actually was like oh my god this is a really really this is an amazing film it has to be because it's got all these really well-known actors in it so there was an element of that that I was just sort of associated with it I suppose as I've got older I've become sort of less attached to it but I still watch it every year just because it's um it's a comfortable comfortable watch it's just nice to watch you know um people you know with deliciously um posh british accents fumble around in the snow and you know debate and question what love is um and you know i think if it was set at any point any other point in the year it wouldn't work but because it's set at christmas you've got the sort of like the you know london at christmas is beautiful as well there's some lovely shots of london in there um, you know, it wouldn't work if it was if it was set in Bolton, would it? Um, <laughs> Maybe I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would yeah, like to see um, that. There's an element of intrigue there. But but but, but we forget as well. Like the film has, you know, it is relatively heartbreaking at points. Like it doesn't just have all the 
complete romances. And I feel like that's what it was trying to do. It's like, oh, here's here's the upsides and downsides of love. And that's what the the pinnacle of the emotion of the film, of the deeper emotion, is when, with the Joni Mitchell song, Both Sides Now. I've seen love from both sides now, which that's a banker to get emotion going in a film, well, as we've realised, as in Colder is the most I've ever cried at a film when she sings that song. Well, it's powerful. Tr- it's trying to it's trying to be several things, though, isn't it? Like it's trying to appeal to a, a commercial market at Christmas, so it doesn't steer too much into the seriousness of those scenes, which I think is one of the main things that actually lets the film down in some respects. Because that scene with Emma Thompson listening to that Joni Mitchell song is awful; it's crippling. Um, but the thing is, it's like it's the, the there isn't enough. Um, because because there's so many different stories going on, you can't really focus on any one story or feel attached to any one character. It's just the surface level of oh, that's really sad. Um, which of course is fine. Like I said, the film isn't, but it's trying to appeal to a mass market at Christmas. It doesn't want to be too sort of depressing and too serious. It needs to retain its sense of sort of levity. I mean, there's the there's the bit when Emma Thompson when Liam um, we're doing it now, aren't we? I don't even know the names of the characters. When Liam Neeson starts crying because his wife his wife has died, and then Emma Thompson goes, "Oh, no one's going to shag you if you're depressed." You yeah, know what I mean, it's just like, there's a lot of there's a lot of early noughties British humour yeah, in there yeah, yeah, of yeah. like. The opening five minutes is well sweary. There's the Britishness yeah. of like the laugh of swearing in front of kids. Yes. The word shag gets used a lot. Yeah. Um, even when speaking to his kid. And <laughs> there's a bit that I only clocked the first time watching it this time in the when he says, Liam Neeson says to his kid, um, Feather Boy, I always remember him from a niche. <laughs> kids bbc series feather boy that that actor plays um when he says that oh yeah unless claudia schiffer walks into my life um then like i was just like oh i'll have to send you away for the weekend because we'll want to shag in every room in the house <laughs> and i'm like it's really a funny bit of a joke but then i didn't i only realized this time that then the mum that he bumps into at the, yeah, the yeah, show yeah. is yeah. played by claudia Schiffer. i'm like my mind was blown this week because i was watching that and i'm like how have i never clocked that it just keeps giving to me and it paints me in a bad light that I've never clocked that in all the years of watching it, but, you know, the depths of Love Actually, Callum, the depths of it. Well, one of the- but that's what I like about it. The humour is very British, and it's it's very Hugh Grant humour. That's why he sits at the heart of it all. It's that, like, foppish, embarrassing, bit sweary, rude, uncouth English humour. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the... I mean, the the critique that's levied at it, of course, is that, you know, it's... I mean, Richard Curtis even actually, he came out recently and said this, didn't he? He was like, you know, it's... Some moments it feels out of date and the lack of diversity made him feel uncomfortable yes. and just a bit stupid. Yeah. I mean, he's come out and said that, hasn't he? Which, you know, it's it's a film very much of its time. I mean, when was it met? Yeah. 2003, yeah, yeah. I think it was made. 2003. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, it is, it is a film that's very much of its time where... Um, I'm not saying, you know... It may make, make some of the, the jokes any more, you know, acceptable just because it, of its time doesn't mean it's, it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be critiqued. I'm not saying that at all, um, but there are elements that sort of make the, the, the jokes make the characters seem quite vacuous. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and 
I don't really need to go down the full critique of it because I think it is obvious and so it just feels a bit dated. But that, I think that is more of, like you said, just the kind of lack of diversity in both the relationships and who's who's uh, displayed on screen. I do. I'd say, I mean, you know, I agree. But I also think that the um, one thing that I do actually quite like about the movie is that it. I quite like not having to sort of focus on any one person at any one time. It's like so because it's about it's love like, in general. It's like, it's exactly, it's like a pick and mix of like, oh, they're here and then they're there, and then they're here and then they're there, um, and it's like it is just it is quite it is quite funny. It it's, it makes me I I've said multiple times actually that sort of it makes me, um, it it makes you want to sort of like be in London or be part of each of those different cliques and groups. It's it's a weird it's yeah. a weird weird feeling. Um, but it's it, it it operates in the same sort of uh, radar as most Christmas movies that are set in England. I think this sort of like snow drenched, um, cutesy, almost kind of kitschy, almost kind of setting where everyone speaks deliciously good English. Um, you know. Yeah, and and they're all in London, and they all have massive houses. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, yeah. for the um, for the filming purposes. You've got to have a room that you can actually film in if you're showing the inside of someone's house, which then leads them to all living in multi-million pound houses. Well, this is why I'm saying (laughs) Americans probably love it, because it's so English, isn't it? It's like the sights on that Richard Curtis movie are basically on the front of every single postcard you get from London, aren't they? Um, You know, it's like Americans and, you know, an armchair, armchair middle class mothers, um... Because the reason why I, the reason why I say that is because the first time I saw this um, was with um, was with my first girlfriend, and it was a fam- it was a family favorite to watch this bloody movie. Um, so I mean, watching it all up now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's just like you know it's it's it would it would appeal to. A certain type of person. I'm trying to be really, really like PC here, <laughs> like, without just slagging everybody off. Um, but I can see it's hard it for you. Is, it is hard, isn't it? It is hard. But the uh, I do, I, I do, I do enjoy it just because it's um, it's comfortable is the wrong word. It makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel kind of this just. Uh, maybe like safe, maybe or come. Yes, know? yes, and that's what a good rom com does. And I will fight for the genre because yes, the naff. Are they cheesy? Of course, they cheesy. Are they ridiculous? Yes, because they should be and they need to be. But a rom com has got a great, a great place in the world of film to give you that safe, protected bit of joy that suspends reality for a bit. But that's one of film's jobs is to suspend reality in different ways. Fantasy suspend reality. Action suspends reality. And we should absolutely have these, even though they don't have the most depth. It still just taps into that surface level, entry level bit of joy that you can have in your heart, which I don't think is false to the extent that people may think it is. And I think some rom-coms or romantic films are more are falser than others and they're a bit more just doing it for the sake of it. Whereas I think with Richard Curtis films, yes, they are mainstream big commercial films, but they do have heart. And I think as long as a rom-com has heart, 
and it's got at least a decent level of intent of what it's doing, then I'm in. And there's no better time than Christmas for a good, joyous rom-com. And this is a fantastic example of that type of film. And this is why I think it's great. For all of its ridiculousness and flaws and ways it could be updated and stuff, I think that's one thing at Christmas is that, you know, you just, you do, and you can suspend reality a little bit and just push away a bit of the crap surrounding you and go, all right, let's just tap into something a bit purer and truer even if it is a little bit commercial a little bit mad and allow ourselves to indulge in that it's like it's it's and at christmas you indulge in junk food and overindulge in stuff that you shouldn't because it's not good for you all year and it's not good for you to indulge in rom-coms all year but every now and again yeah get a rom-com down here because it's good for the soul well you know i agree no i agree and the thing is as well um it's so heavily referenced in popular culture, isn't it? It's be- yeah, it's becoming... like the sign scene is like the, the yeah, main one. And like, you know, it was referenced in Rye Lane as well with Love Guactually. Yeah, where yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they got Colin first, didn't they, to actually serve the... <laughs> great yeah, film, great, um, one of the great films of the year. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, like I said, the amount of times I've, I've been to America, like sort of like traveling and stuff, and people have said, oh, is it like that scene from Love Actually? It's 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 an everyday. It's a currency, isn't it? Everyone's seen it. It's on. It's a currency. It's, it's ITV's yeah. movie of the the year, isn't it? If it's on any channel on, on the TV, it's always <laughs> on ITV. That was that was involved. ITV's movie of the year. Bang. Well, it you is. heard it here well, first, it, everyone. Well, it is. It's always always on ITV, isn't it? I've never seen it on the BBC. It's always on ITV. Um, but yeah, it's it, there's a currency to it that I think it's becoming part of. Um, it's becoming part of pop culture, which I think in 10 years' time, it'll be one of those movies that's... Because, again, it's another one of those films as well. It's that sort of, like, pre-internet, pre-smartphone. Yes, yeah, it captures that just on the cusp yeah. of the digital uh, internet age. Yeah, it's that sort of, like, pre-smartphone, pre-internet sort of like that, approach yeah. to relationships. Whereas now, like, if they were making a movie now, it'd be like, oh, let's meet. It'd be like, oh, all these people have met on dating apps, you know? It's this, or they yeah. will have met on the internet, or they will have met. Um, it, it will it, a movie like this would never be made now, and if it, you know, it was wouldn't be. Um, and if a movie did like was like this to be made, I think it would be. Well, I think it'd be cancelled pretty quickly, <laughs> but um, or it might just go straight onto Netflix. But the the point I'm making anyway is the fact that like there's a there's a comfort and a safety to it in the sense that like it is. I remember watching it when I was a kid, and it comes back to what we were saying. Christmas is it's like, you know. Um, nostalgia, the past, um, you know, melancholy. Um, but I do want to say as well, my favourite, and I think your favourite as well, actually, is the um, the relationship between Colin Firth and um, I can't remember the actress. Aurelia. Aurelia yeah, 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 as we were saying, the, the romanticism um, of that he obviously plays it, in the heartstrings. But I like, his... they get the biggest grandstand <laughs> moments, I think, in the film. And I, I like that, especially... The scene where he goes to uh, knock on the family home and they go to the restaurant. That's both hilarious and heartwarming in equal measures. Yeah, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. And it's also, I mean, he's he's the, he's one of the few characters where you actually feel a sort of um, a sort of a, a sympathy for him and Emma Thompson, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's like it's quite free. It's classic Colin Firth, though. It's like quite a little. He's, he's like, oh, hello, here we are, alone again. 
in that sort of like <laughs> lovely sort of English draw that he has. Like, um, like I watched a single man recently for the first time. Amazing movie. Um, Colin Firth, I think, is massively underrated. I think he's brilliant. He is brilliant. I suppose because he's been in a lot of big mainstream successes, you often just, if you've not seen a lot of his stuff, you just think of them. Yeah, true, true. Um, I do, I do, I quite like, um, going back to the English humour thing we were talking about as well, there is something quintessentially English about it, which I think I quite like. Um, I don't usually... I yeah, don't, there's something a bit about I, that. I don't usually it? go in for that type of thing, but like, I, I, for some reason, Love Actually just kind of... I quite like those types of movies that are sort of exclusively set in, in England or Britain or in, in London generally, and it's all very sort of comfortable and everyone's very posh. Like, another Richard Curtis, About Time, for example. Like, that's a... Beautiful. Yeah, that's another, another movie that, um, even though it's part of that sort of... that, that um, cultural sort of writing diction i don't know where i was going mm-hmm. with that but like there, there's something there's something specifically cultural and specifically english about love actually i think um that i that, that appeals to a, a mass it appears to an american market because it's so english and so yeah. british um but it also appeals to you sort of your 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 English audience because it's oh 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 I've been there oh I've been there oh look he oh Hugh Grant's in it he was in Pride and Absolutely. Prejudice you know absolutely yeah it it ticks all those boxes it ticks all those boxes just before we finish up Cameron I just wanted a few more mentions one I just wanted to say the final ridiculousness of how quickly um, Jamie and Aurelia learn the corresponding languages in the film I mean that just puts a mockery to the idea of <laughs> flying through, through Duolingo, doesn't it? And thinking that you can... And that's that's raised a whole generation on thinking they can then just jump on Duolingo when it came out and then they'd be able to know a language. Because you just see him sat there with his headphones on at language learning school and then away he goes and then she all of a sudden learns English, which adds to the beautiful romanticism of it. But I'm like, oh, come on. It's not that easy. Come on. <laughs> From experience. Um <laughs> But, but um, Bill Nye's character and storyline, we've not even mentioned him. Yeah, that's true. That kind yeah. of, that runs through it all, doesn't it? Because he pops up throughout the bits of everyone else. Um, brilliant. Like, he is hilarious anyway. But I, I like that because, and I, I feel like you might like that because he succeeds off the back of his Christmas cynicism. But the fact that he's got a door within him that he wants to open to let the joy in, which he does, <laughs> but it's driven, it's driven from the cynicism. <laughs> I feel like you might might have a connection with that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I say that in the in the nicest, most loving way possible. Hey, I've been opening lots more doors of these last couple of years, letting more pe- <laughs> letting go. more people in, Marcus. I'm letting more people in. Well, what a beautiful sentiment at Christmas time. I can only encourage you to continue to open those doors, Callum. But that, that were, they were my final thoughts on it. And let's wrap up. I'm not going to mm. ask you to give a, a mark out of 10 on this occasion, Callum. Mm. It's Christmas. Come on. No, indeed, it's yeah. Christmas. It's a lovely film. We know it is. And we don't want to be going berating or showing excessively. We, we want it to be nice and enjoyable and good for the soul. And that's exactly what I think this is. And as I said, rom-com, yes. Indulging rom-coms. 
absolutely. Don't be having them every day or else you'll get ill. But every now and again, a rom-com is very good for you and gives you a nice outlook on life. And especially at Christmas time, Love Actually is a great example of it. Really, really love the Jamie and Irela line, but there's so much comedy throughout it. There's good chuckles, I'd say. I love the the British cynical and sarcastic wit in it. That runs through. And putting aside any bits of critique, which we could go into, mm. but just being aware, you know, it is, it is a bit dated in its some of its references, but there's nothing too outlandish there. It is just a good, feel-good, great example of a Christmas film, which I think will keep going on as that. What about you? What, what would you say to round us off, Callum? I mean, yeah, for the, for the sake of Christmas, um, it's certainly one that you should watch at Christmas. Um, yeah. Don't yeah. watch it at any point, of any course. other time during the year. Just watch it at Christmas. Um, no, but that is key, isn't it? That's a key yeah. thing, actually. Like, yeah. you don't want to be bringing these out and staring directly at the sun when you've not got your sunglasses on. Like, <laughs> Christmas, you got your Christmas goggles on, you can watch these films any other time. You're going to damage your eyes. Well, this is the thing. Um, I mean, you know, I'd recommend... I'd recommend... I mean, I feel like the entire English-speaking nation's seen this movie. Um, but it, it it's something to watch if you're just wanting to feel a little bit sort of... If you want a kind of like a an electric blanket wrapped around you with a bit of, with a bit of warmth. Um, you know, it's... Uh, Lovely. Lovely. That's, the way I would, that's the way I would say it, you know. Well, thank you, Callum. Thank you. Well, we've been wittering on a bit now, mm. but... That was because it was the Glacé Film Club Christmas special. And it's been a joy, Callum, to chat to you in this wonderful festive period in the year of 2023 and share some love and joy for not just the film love, actually, but for everything film, Christmas, and this podcast gives to us. So I just take this opportunity at Christmas to say thank you for another great year of the Glacé Film Club podcast with me it's been a joy to chat about the films dig into some big themes say some ridiculous things watch some good and some awful films and long may continue (laughs) on to next year and a big old merry christmas and that goes to all the listeners as well thank you for listening to us once again throughout the year we are showing no signs of slowing down plenty more reviews to come next year loads of films coming out obviously we're hitting award season and there'll be a lot in january of course and we do have some good conversation episodes lined up for next year so stay tuned for them we've got a massive back catalogue check those out if over christmas you want to go to your podcast shelf and pick something off hey we've got plenty of reviews and conversation episodes back there years worth of content dive in and enjoy but we hope you all have a bloody merry christmas have a great time love each other family friends strangers Enjoy some great films, of course. There's loads of great Christmas films, but just bang any film on because it's the time to sit down, have something nice to eat, pop a drink open and watch a good film. But that was that. That was the Glacé Film Club podcast Christmas special. But until next time, we'll see you all later and Merry Christmas. <laughs>